This episode is sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Welcome to a bonus episode of Blurry Photos. I'm your host, David Flora. Hope everyone is hanging in there. Before we dive in, I have a special announcement. I just completed my first audiobook narration, and it is now live on Audible. I had the pleasure of reading Living Among Bigfoot, Collector's Edition Volumes 1 through 5, written by Tom Lyons. It tells the story of a man's cross-country move to a new life in the California mountains, and how that life is turned upside down when shortly after the move, he begins experiencing strange and grim happenings around his property. He initially presumes that someone's messing with him, until he comes face to face with something he never thought existed. You can find this audiobook on audible.com. It's about five hours long, and it really keeps you hooked for what will happen next. Like I said, it's my first narration, so... If you get a copy of the audiobook, make sure to leave a review on Audible to help me out so I can keep on doing them. Now, if you don't have an account on Audible, feel free to help me out doubly by going to audibletrial.com slash blurryphotos, where you can sign up for a 30-day trial membership. It costs nothing, and you get a free audiobook download of your choice. So, you can choose this one, and then Tom and I get a book sale, and... I get a monetary high five from Audible. Once you download your book, you can cancel your trial anytime in that 30 days and still keep the book. It's wins all around. I'll have a link in the show notes to the Audible page and the trial membership. I hope you can check it out. I'm pretty excited about it. And I've already begun work on the second collector's edition book. I'm also excited for this bonus episode because it's the second ever bull phone where a Blurriever jumps on and talks to me about some fun stuff. The name is taken from Bullstone, an old version of the show where we discuss weird news once a month and sometimes have guests on, and when that guest was a listener, we'd call it Bullphone. Bullstone came from something that was discussed a while back, and to say that that subject was nonsense, it was called Bullstein, and I was like, Stein means stone, so therefore... It was Bullstone, and the name stuck. And my guest today was able to get on this Bullphone by way of Patreon. At the snort, scream, and Sucolo sound levels, you get to come on the show to discuss some weird and fun stuff, as we've had listeners Emma and now David do. And now that the history lesson is concluded, here is my Bullphone with David. Enjoy. Joining me today is a fellow David, actually our second ever bullphone caller, <laughs> our, our second ever bullphone uh, level from Patreon, and this young man has some stories for us. I'm very excited to hear this stuff. Uh, please, everybody, welcome David to the show. Uh, it's We're back to uh, David and David. David, <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I can never fill the shoes of Stecco, <laughs> but I can try. 
Uh, well, thank you for joining on this bull phone and uh, thank you for supporting on Patreon. And I'm especially excited to talk to you um, with this one because you have hinted at a bunch of actual personal experiences and encounters that you've had of the paranormal persuasion. And uh, it sounds like you've uh, you've got a lot of cool stuff to share. And so let's start out by finding out uh, a little bit about you, David, and uh, tell us you know, a little about yourself, whatever you feel comfortable with, and then um, uh, maybe a little bit how you found the show and eventually got on the, the bull phone here. Yeah, so um, my name's David. I live in a little beach town called Santa Cruz, California, full of hippies and stoners and beautiful beaches. Like when you think of like surfing competitions in California, this is where people go. Hmm. So I don't know how to surf. That's <laughs> whenever people hear that, they chuckle a little bit. I never learned how to surf. Um, but what I did learn living here was how to hunt ghosts. So that's another part of California. <laughs> um, and we have these beautiful redwood forests here. And it's just the perfect little spot that uh, I live in with my partner. And, um, you know, I found the show by, oh gosh, I think when I got my first iPhone, I immediately opened the podcast app and just looked up ghosts hmm. and found blurry photos. So that was like 2017, I think. Okay. I've, I've been a fan of the show for a long time, but never really active and vocal until fairly recently. So yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with lurking. I do it all the time on Imgur, so <laughs> um, that's great, though, and and uh, I'm glad you found the show. Uh, it sounds sounds like a, a very beautiful spot there uh, that you're coming from, and uh, and you said that uh, you learned how to hunt ghosts uh, out there in in that spot. So tell us a little bit about the the beginnings uh, of that and what all is going on out there. Yeah, so when I was a young boy. <laughs> here in Santa Cruz. My dad told me a story about how, okay. So for a little background on this, my dad has grown up around the world. He is crazy. He is the son of two missionaries, went to college in Germany and at Biola down South in California. And when he was in Papua New Guinea, which is the right half of an island just above Australia. Right. He actually witnessed an exorcism. And in this exorcism, there was a young girl who was rather frail. She hadn't eaten in months, who was the daughter of a famous witch doctor. And the witch doctor had passed away the day before this young girl got possessed. And it turns out that the witch doctor doctor before he died did a ritual to split his spirit into all of his children hmm. and this little girl was picking up burly like war-hardened men these the tribal people in Papua New Guinea still do tribal warfare these guys are prepped at any moment to take a club and defend their village and she was taking these men and throwing them like they were ragdolls and so my dad told me that story when I was really little. 
because he and I have no sense of what's age appropriate for a small child. <laughs> and so uh, that's what started my interest in like, ooh, ghosts are cool, but they're bad. And then um, my first cat that I remember was a cat named Tigerstone, a feral little scrawny gremlin that kind of looks like a homeless crack addict, <laughs> like kind of twitchy and doesn't really trust anyone. Anyways, this cat was so brave. <laughs> it actually at one point helped our other cat at the time, Blackstone, because we're creative. <laughs> um, they took down a hawk together, <laughs> like a full grown Cooper's hawk, which are not small. They're about the size of a medium sized monitor for your computer. Sure. Without the wings spread. Yeah. And so those cats took that down together. Anyways, Tigerstone ended up getting hit by a car and dying. Sad moment of silence for the cat. However, the day after Tigerstone had died and we had buried Tigerstone in our backyard, planted a tree as is tradition for my family. And I'm heading to bed and I feel these little paws walk up my leg, sit on my chest like Tigerstone used to, and curl up there. And I open my eyes, and I see Tigerstone. Tigerstone was a tabby cat, hence tiger. Blackstone was all black. So I could tell the difference between my cats, plus Blackstone was about twice the size of little baby Tigerstone. Hmm. So that was like my first personal experience with ghosts. And that's kind of what got me started on, hey, maybe not all ghosts are bad. We can talk to them, maybe. Maybe I can get my cat back. Because, you know, I'm like nine. Sure. The only exposure to ghosts I've had aside from this is Diablo, <laughs> in which I know, hey, necromancy's a thing. Maybe cats can do it. <laughs> that's why they have nine lives. I like that um, generationally, some kids a couple decades ago would be like, oh, I've seen Pet Cemetery. I know how this works. But closer to our generation, it's like, yeah, I, I, I know Diablo. And maybe maybe I can uh, get some epic loot, too, while I'm at it. <laughs> but that's interesting. Was So that was in, was that where you are now in, in California? No, so that was actually my previous house. Uh, that house is, is an old ranch house that predates pretty much the entire town around it. And we found some weird things on that property uh, because we had to dig away the backyard because there was an illegal leach field for a septic tank back there. So we had to clean that out and everything. And we found bones in there. Hmm. Now, my mom said they were cow bones, which makes sense. You know, it's an old yard, except for the fact that now with the benefit of having some forensics training... I can look at the pictures we have of those bones and know for the fact that's a rather humanoid looking femur, not a cow. Mm. So some weird things have happened in that neighborhood. Actually, a lot of weird things. Um, that is about half a mile from the mystery spot, which is one of those vortexes. And I've never actually been there. 
and this is one of those places where like sound is weird or or is it one of those where like cars roll uphill or whatever? It's like cars roll uphill, sound is weird. Take every every vortex that's like, oh, we have one thing, and the mystery spot's like, we got it all. We've got everything here. It's basically Walmart <laughs> for polar vortexes. And that's and you said that was in California? Yeah, that's in California, about half a mile from my old house. Interesting. So whatever's going on in that vortex, I don't know if it's real or not because I've never been there. And But other people say it's real. So since I have no personal experience to go by, defer to them. And so that um, was that the only weird stuff that happened in that house to you? Uh, in that house, there were a couple of other things that were super minor the staircase leading downstairs, if you ran up it fast enough and turned around, you'd see a little face peeking out behind you. Ooh. And my brother's seen that, and my mom has seen that. Huh. So I think my dad's seen it too. So we all know it's something there. But once uh, my grandparents actually moved in and we turned the downstairs from a basement into an actual like house unit thing, it stopped. And, you know, when you were a little kid and you got like, oh, something's following me as I'm going up the stairs. Yeah. Those stairs were horrendous because the final top step is about a foot and a half drop. And then everything else is a normal stair. Oh, that's not dangerous at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, totally. It's perfectly fine. And that that staircase was like the only really creepy part about that house with a little face peeking out from there. Could you tell, could anyone tell or describe what that face was like? Like you you said a little face, was it a young child? Uh, I say little mainly because, so this, how the staircase works is it's three steps up. You take a sharp turn to your right, and then you go all the way up to a really low door frame. That's about five feet tall. So you have to duck through to get through the door frame also. Hmm. And so, when you'd run up and turn around, it would be peeking out from the door, but it would be almost touching that bottom stair because there are other stairs leading up. So it's a bit higher off the ground. And when my family sees ghosts, if they see ghosts at all, my mom, and my brother are like complete non-believers. My dad is a little bit of a believer, but it looked like it was pale, but it would always duck back the moment you turned around. So you'd only really catch it in motion. I see. Hmm. And uh, couldn't tell hair or anything like that? Oh, it was hairless. It, that thing was creepy. It was rotund, like a like a slightly def- deflated football. Hmm. So it wasn't like a person face. It was stretched. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Hey Arnold? But sideways. So if Hey Arnold was like tilting his head to the left, okay, huh. that's what it looked like. So it was like an oblong football shape almost. Like a cone head. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Except I wasn't allowed to watch SNL as a kid, so I wouldn't know what a cone head was. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, so that kicked you, that the Tiger Stone uh, incident kicked you uh, off into this... Uh, this path of wanting to know more about uh, ghosts, the afterlife, paranormal, and things like that. That was when you, you said you were about nine or so in that yeah. house. And 
So did stuff just keep happening after that, or was there a gap, and then you move into your new place and stuff happens, or what's the timeline on that? So yeah, so uh, I live in that house in about a few towns over, and nothing really happens for a while. You get a few like cold breezes when it doesn't make sense, but other than that, everything's fine, normal. And then I meet my partner. I start, this is now 12 years in the future. So last year I'm 21. I meet my partner. And when I start spending the night at her house, her house is a newer house in neighborhood closer to where we live now. And that house is thoroughly spooked. Hmm. I've walked downstairs because they had like a little balcony thing upstairs. And then that's where my partner's room was. So I'd walk downstairs to get a glass of water or whatever. And I remember seeing their dog, which is a little cute French bulldog named Bella. And she is the most adorable thing. And she usually sleep on the couch, except I see her sitting on the floor whimpering and she runs over to me and starts barking at the couch. And so I've just woken up. I'm super tired out of it. And I look up at the couch and there's this long lizard looking thing, like large enough to take up the entire couch, just curled up on itself. And it looks kind of like a dog, but kind of not. It was gross and weird and horrifying. And that thing just huffs at me and then leaves. Like gets off the couch and then walks straight through the glass door. That's right there. As if as if the door wasn't there? Yeah, as if the door wasn't there at all. Huh. So I'm a little freaked out. Understandably so, you'd think. I mean I'd say. You just you just saw your girlfriend's dog get kicked off a couch by a <laughs> dog lizard slug demon thing. A bunyip, basically. A, a bunyip, yeah. Jeez. Um And then, so I turn to head to the kitchen. So they have these nice, beautiful sliding doors that separate their dining room and kitchen from the living room. And they're beautiful, super smooth. But on the other side of those is a full wall mirror. And every time I would just duck my head down and go, don't look at the mirror. Don't look at the mirror. Well, Being the imbecile that I am, I decide to look in the mirror and I see three little figures standing behind me. One's about my height, so about six foot or so. One's a little shorter and then one's like the height of a little girl. So I'm, I'm a little weirded out. And these are like just kind of shadows, kind of not like shadow people, but with a more blurred into the background. So I shine my flashlight over my shoulder because I don't want to look away. You know, the, the thing where, Oh, you look away, you look back, the ghosts are gone. And so this was at, this was at night. You were in the dark. Yeah. This is like at midnight or something pitch black, shine my flashlight over my shoulder and you can see the light, like illuminate the wall. And then it goes over them. Like if you're to shine a flashlight on a blanket, while it's dark out. So you can see kind of like the cloth absorbing and reflecting the light. Mm -hmm. And then you can see the light behind it and the shadow on the wall. There are no little children in that house. And so 
when I knew that they were behind me, actually, and there was actually something there that made a physical effect on the area around them because it reflect and absorbed light. Kind of have to be real to do that. I ran into the laundry room and locked myself in. <laughs> because I am known for two things. My bravery under pressure. <laughs> and not surfing. And not surfing. <laughs> and so I do that. I text my partner to come down and save me from the ghosts. Sacrifice yourself, please. <laughs> she's she's tiny. She's like 4'11" and scrawny and <laughs> so she comes down and she tells me, "Oh no, those are my guardian angels." No one wanted to spend the night at my house when I was little because they'd always wake up to those leaning over them. <laughs> That's something you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you're spending the night anywhere. So I get the water. I leave the kitchen area and they're not there. So we go back to bed. Everything's fine. Nothing happens for about a week. And then next week we're watching the life of Brian. This is important <laughs> for two reasons. One, I think our sacrilege by watching the life of Brian ticked something off horrifically and second of all you can't surf i'm kidding yeah i can't surf um, <laughs> so we're watching the life of brian i look over at my at my partner we're cuddled up in bed everything's all good we're just watching a movie having having some water and just chilling out and i look over at her and i see this shadow behind her and normally, I should preface this with what I found find out earlier slash during this time, because we're jumping around time a lot. I don't have a linear idea of what time works. Anyways, when I look over at her, I see this figure hanging down kind of like, you know, like when a when someone's been hanged and they're just kind of like drooping there. Yeah, head cocked off to the side like in old cowboy movies and everything kind of swaying in the wind. Mm -hmm. Except the body cuts off abruptly at the last rib and then like there's a little bit of spine hanging there and it's it's still like a shadow like an outline of this but it's horrifically terrifying and dear lord I wanted to get out. I immediately my gut reaction is to go all right Time to recite the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. So I do. And it responds by scratching my partner across the back. So it reached out and, and scratched. It reached out and just scratched her back. She didn't see it until it touched her. Then she starts freaking out. I start freaking out. And so she had looked behind when you reacted, but didn't see it? Yeah. Or or she, she was just oblivious until it scratched her. She was oblivious until it scratched her. And then all of a sudden she turns and she just ducks underneath the covers and goes into like full fetal position, freaking out. Everything's horrifically going wrong. Like this was supposed to be a cute date night. And now we've got a demon in our bedroom. Hmm. I think that's the plot line to a Twilight fanfic, actually. <laughs> um, anyways, 
we've got this horrific thing in our bedroom and I can't think of anything to do except say the Lord's prayer. And then I remember that my dad taught me an exorcism, right? And so I immediately start doing that completely unprepared. Do not do this. (laughs) If if you're a kid with a ghost and you're at home, get some help. Talk to, talk to an adult. Don't do what I did. I'm, I'm 22. I'm not an adult. Who am I kidding? (laughs) Um, And so this thing then goes away after all of this stuff and pulling out all the stops from what I've learned from my dad, from Reddit of all places. Why would you go to Reddit for spiritual help? I have no clue, but I did. Um, And then all that's taken care of. We're freaked out. We start watching Prince of Egypt immediately after, because we're like, we got to watch something that's (laughs) religious and wholesome. And so we watch Prince Prince of Egypt, everything is good. We never see that thing again. But that one time was enough for me, I'd say. That's strange. So that was in her room. That was in her room, uh, which is technically kind of like a second living room with a bedroom attached, but her bed's in the living room part. And she has her sewing and art stuff in the other room next to it. Because she makes stuffed animals and does art commissions. She's the West queen of circus and you should look at her on Twitter uh, and commission something from her because she's poor. I'm not. She is. (laughs) She's not poor. She's not. I just like making fun of her. So any history of the house that you guys have, have found none, nothing. You said it was newer too, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a newer house. Only one family had ever lived in there before. And from what we know, because in the state of California, you have to disclose whether someone has died or not in the house when you're selling it. Sure. So they know that no one's died in the house. So it's just a little weird with the sheer amount of activity that happens there. And before I move on to this current house, I want to talk about but there were slight experiences between when I left the house in Scotts Valley, which is my first house, and when I moved in with my partner. I went to Texas for college. I went to Baylor. Baylor is a horrifically haunted <laughs> place. I left after the first semester because I did horribly in school. But you could say that Baylor is barely haunted. <laughs> Baylor Bears? No. <laughs> uh, I too much. Barely hated that pun. It was good, but I barely hated it. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I was staying in the most haunted of all of the dorms because I don't look for these things; they find me. Anyways, not a lot happens there. But while I'm there, I take a little trip to a body farm. And this this is where it listener discretion is advised. If you wouldn't watch an episode of Law & Order SVU, skip ahead. Because a body farm is where forensic scientists take your body that you've 
you know, you've donated your organs, you've got your little pink dot on your driver's license, you're in a horrific car accident, you die, they take out whatever they can salvage, and then they chuck your corpse in a field. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> they generally, what they do is they put a, like a little cage over them to prevent animals from getting in. But then they study how your body decomposes and use that to help solve crimes. Because with enough data, they can pinpoint the exact date that you died Mm -hmm. because of the insects around the body, all of this fun stuff. Anyways, while I'm there, they're like, hey, you're new. Go make sure everything's still in their cages because sometimes small animals will pull parts off and it, you know, it's the circle of life. Sure. Anyways, I trip over a body. And get my foot stuck in the rib cage. <laughs> it's been out there in the Texas heat for a while. So it's more like getting your foot stuck in jello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is probably not what you wanted to hear when I was like, oh, I've got a story. And you're like, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, meat jello. <laughs> Anyways. And it felt like it was grabbing me, which was the worst feeling of it all. <laughs> Because I had gotten my boot caught on one of the ribs. Mm. So I ended up having to horribly desecrate this man's body just to get my foot out. And I feel so bad. Dude, please don't haunt. <laughs> Speaking of being haunted, <laughs> I just wanted to get that story out. Because it's I have an understanding of you know how, for the most part, bodies work when they die. Mm-hmm. And... One of my first and only investigation, actually, um, was at a place called the Brookdale Lodge, which um, Brookdale Lodge is kind of like, you know, the hotel in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Think that, but less murderific. Okay. And where is this? At? Like, it's in uh, a town called Brookdale, which is just north of Santa Cruz. Okay. So all of this is packed in around Santa Cruz, except for when I went to Texas. And it's in the mountains. So in the Redwood Forests used to be a logging camp. And one of the main attractions of the Brookdale Lodge is the dining room, or at least like the main room, has a brook running through it. And then it's just walls with no floor. And there's a little river that runs through the lodge. It's beautiful. Hmm. And there's supposedly the daughter of the person who built the lodge haunts the place. She's a little kid. And ghost sightings go back all the way to when the lodge was built. Except for the fact that the daughter actually died after the lodge was built. Far after. And it was built in 1890. Um, we know that the man who built it died in July of 1928. Ghost sightings were already happening before then, but his only daughter was still alive at the time of July 1928. So we know the ghost isn't her. However, what we do know is that there were three girls that were killed in the Brook Room in 1912 when three girls fell in and died into the, but there are still ghosts before into the brook. Yeah. They drowned in the brook. So we don't know exactly what's going on there. 
And we've got a couple of other things around here that are kind of spooky, like Edmund Kemper, the serial killer. He lived like about 10 minutes away from my house or everything's 10 minutes away. <laughs> it sounds like you're Cruz. in a geographical oddity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's everything is so weird here. <laughs> it, there's gotta be something in the water or something like sounds like bodies. We've so many creepy things here in Santa Cruz and not just like spooky ghost stuff. Ooh, but real people who went on a murder spree because they thought it would stop earthquakes. Mm. Hmm. Notably during his murder spree, there were no earthquakes in the state of California, (laughs) but that's beside the point. Causation and correlation and all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird that the lack of earthquakes lasted for several years because of how active California is with earthquakes. (laughs) But I'm going to say that, Kemper didn't actually do that. He didn't cause any of that. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have a state-mandated human sacrifice program, and that's that's never going to work out well. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, I guess. Uh, um, <laughs> we tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, so were you saying that, that these girls that died, are, are, are they being seen, or they think that, that the one girl is? Uh, people think that the daughter of the builder is the ghost, but she's not because she was just a child when the lodge was being built. And she is at least alive in July, 1928, which is 40 years after the lodge was built. And so we don't know who the ghost is exactly because even the girls that did die, we don't actually know when the ghost sighting started other than that they were pre 1928 because uh, James Harvey Logan, the builder also named after uh, his breed of berries, Logan berries. um, He was writing about the ghost problem at the Brookdale lodge, which is weird because there wasn't a town there. Really? It was just a logging camp. And no women were allowed there. So it was, it's a little weird that a little girl haunts a building where no little girls had been previous to that time. And during, I think it was the seventies, it was either the forties or the seventies papers in Santa Cruz area are not always accurate because they'll take a story and reprint it. But then the editor will like accidentally change the dates to the current date. (laughs) And so we don't know when it originally happened. So I'm going to assume 40s because that's when the story first started. Okay. Was there was a man who worked at the Brookdale Lodge who would murder little girls. Because the ghost at the lodge told him to. And, you know, mental health is a whole nother topic. I don't even want to get into that right now, but whatever he did seemed to put like a quote unquote curse on the Brookdale Lodge because now no one could keep it open. Recently, it closed in early 2000 and was only bought in 2018 and is currently being 
rehabilitated or uh, remodeled. That's the word. And the thing about Santa Cruz is we have a very large homeless population, which could attribute to a lot of the ghost cryptid sightings is because, you know, Bigfoot, scraggly old man wearing a backpack. They kind of look the same. (laughs) So with the homeless population, who many of them are very kind people, a lot of them are homeless because they can't get a job and it's California and it's a beach town. And there's no way that on a minimum wage salary, you could even afford to rent a room here. It's a thousand bucks to rent a room. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And so the homeless population actually got permission to live in the Brookdale lodge because you know, it's safe and a few bad apples spoiled it for them. They ripped all the copper wiring out, caused a few fires, really bad stuff. But through all of this, more and more ghost reports were coming in. And strangely enough, the local ghost hunting organization, which is pretty much the only ghost hunting organization in the area around us, they continually go with the story of, oh yeah, the ghost is Harvey Logan's daughter. It's it's no one else. There's no way. But the ghost was there before, so I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Who's making the ghost reports? If it, is it the homeless uh, people that live there? Yeah, the homeless people that live there. Um, Brookdale is on Highway 9, which is a super windy highway that gets you eventually to San Jose. Um, it's one of the only two routes to get to San Jose from Santa Cruz. And the other one is highway 17, which is the most deadly highway in the country. So most people take 17 still, but some people take nine. And so when you're driving down, you'll pass Brookdale lodge and you're driving through wet redwoods on like a cliffside all of a sudden to your left, it opens up to show you the lodge. And on the right, it opens up to show you a couple of small houses. Pretty much the people living there also see the ghost like playing in the street and people driving down highway nine, see a little girl playing in the street and swerve out of the way to avoid her. Find out she was never there in the first place or actually hit her and find out she never was there in the first place. Some weird stuff. And that's not the only thing that happens on Highway 9, too. Because Highway 9 used to have train tunnels that went through the mountains directly into San Jose. And you think, well, that's great. You know, we could use BART so we don't have to Bay Area transit stuff. uh, Where they have a ton of trains for commuters. So, hey, we can use the train tunnels, bring them down to Santa Cruz. Everyone can commute over the hill. And we'll save money, except for the train tunnels were collapsed during World War II to prevent a Japanese invasion from spreading. And what people say with the people that live in the Santa Cruz Mountains, which are pretty much our rednecks for here, that there are things living in those tunnels called pinkies and cryptids, whole nother discussion, but pinkies are Basically, 
humans, except with those long football heads I mentioned. Hmm. The vertical Hey Arnold head versus the regular one. Mm-hmm. And they eat people. A lot of people go missing in these woods. And they go missing off of well-traveled trails, too, which is the worst part, I think. You know, it could be just because there's a large population of people who do drugs in this area. And, you know, people can go for a hike and accidentally stumble across a meth lab if they go off the trail. Yeah. And that could end poorly. But there are some weird things in these woods and on these roads. So... Going back to my current situation, mm-hmm. I'm living here in in this house that I'm currently talking about. Uh, there are, I want to say two, but probably three ghosts. And the most often seen one is one we affectionately call the oh shit guy. Because it'll be like he'll walk into a room or like he'll walk into the bathroom and be like, oh shit, someone's in here, and walk right back out. So you you see a, a humanoid figure or a shadow, or what do you see? It, it's very much a humanoid figure, but it generally happens when the lights are out, but not always, and it's nighttime. So a lot of these rooms actually don't have lights in the ceiling. They have lamps in them. Okay. So the l- shadow from the light kind of makes it look like people are just shadow figures for the most part when it's at night. Okay. When the shadow figure person will walk into a room, I think he's a shadow figure. I'm not entirely sure. He is well outlined and defined and has hair that you can see, but you can't see any color on him. He's just fully black. He'll walk into a room, like throw his hands up, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And like have his hands up and like turn around and walk out of the room. He's usually in the kitchen, which I have my back to right now, which this is the best setup for talking about this guy, knowing that he could be behind me at any time. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll walk into a room or peek around a corner and just see if anyone's there. Sometimes he'll notice you. Sometimes he won't. If he notices you, he'll just back behind the corner and leave. If he doesn't notice you, he'll walk into the room and then he'll notice you and leave. So it's kind of like having a roommate. (laughs) The best kind of roommate. (laughs) Yeah. The best kind of roommate. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't, doesn't dirty the dishes. (laughs) He doesn't pay rent either though. It's true. So, you know, um, (laughs) Have you ever caught him like doing something? Have you walked in on him or has he ever walked into a room and not seen anybody and gone about his business at all? There are a few things that we've noticed. Like, so the only way we can distinguish the Oh shit guy from anyone else is because of how he acts. Mm -hmm. Everyone else kind of looks similar to him, except for the next ghost I'm going to talk about. But He is, for the most part, just chill. We only know him because he'll walk into a room and then freak out and leave. Yeah. One time, though, I did chase him after he left. And he walked into the kitchen and just, like, he walked downstairs through the floor. We're a one-story house with a solid concrete foundation, so I don't know what's down there. Interesting. Yeah. 
And I don't want to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure out. So how old is your house? Do you know? Oh, it was built in like the seventies. It is not an old house at all. Hmm. And only one other person has lived in it aside from us. And that's my partner's grandparents. So we know that they're definitely still alive. And they, um, never had a basement or anything that got filled in or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like that. Hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, we have another one, which is the only physically distinct from the rest of them. One, we call him the plague man or the plague boy, just because we like giving cute nicknames to ghosts. So we don't accidentally tick them off by saying like, Oh, it's the devil. <laughs> and then being like, why are you calling me the devil? Don't do that, please. Uh, it's kind of like dogs. If you name your dog like Spike or Cujo, it's probably going to bite someone. <laughs> so we called this guy the Plague Boy because he just looks like he had a bad time. He's got like smallpox all over his face or whatever. And he, he looks rough. He's had a, He's had a hard time in the afterlife. Hmm. And so we'll be talking like on the couch or something. And it'll be my friend who currently lives with us. He'll see it the most. And we'll look outside. We have a bench in our backyard. Well, I call it a backyard. It's a like a foot long concrete slab. Um, and we'll look outside and he'll just be sitting on that bench, like reading a magazine or something and then just disappear. So he looks like he's trying to blend in with us. Except for the fact he looks like you know he made out with the Chernobyl reactor, like this guy is rough looking so so you can see details on this one, yeah, that guy we can see details, but it looks like he's just been burnt and radiation poisoned, and Lord knows what else to oblivion, like you can barely see his eyes, you can't even recognize he has a mouth, he's just. Almost makes me feel he looks like a ghoul in Fallout. Sure. But more pussy. Okay. Pretty much. That's that's the best way I can describe him. What um kind of clothing? Uh sometimes it's like a very nice suit and tie, which is the only time I've seen him. And he wears clothes, but my friend who now lives with us, but he's at work right now, I'd ask him. Because it's never come to my mind, like, hey, what clothes does he wear? But for me, at least, I've only seen him once or twice. He's wearing a suit and tie, very prim and proper. But the suit and, like, the slacks and the pants, they all look brand new, crisp, very clean. You know, that could be something like what it was buried in. Yeah. Sounds, you know, yeah. in the mind of something like that but yeah go ahead you were starting another one it was just the other ghosts in our house um it's a little creepy because you know when the house settles and you get those cracks and everything Mm -hmm. the support beams in our attic go off one by one heading towards the door to the attic (laughs) every time the house cools down Mm -hmm. so it sounds like footsteps are in the attic heading down towards the crawl space entrance interesting but they're not the really only other ghost is like a black shadowy figure that looks kind of like the oh shit guy, except he gives off a different vibe. Like he's much 
more mischievous, mm-hmm. kind of trickstery, and he'll he'll walk into a room and try to scare you. Like he'll like jump up behind a couch and he doesn't say anything, but it like his body language is showing like he's trying to shout boo at you. Hmm. We actually bought a spirit box. And so we've only turned it on like twice because the first time we turned it on, we were talking and it was just like, hello, hello, is anyone there? And we're skipping through these channels really quickly with the spirit box about we're only spending about 10 milliseconds on a channel. So it's skipping through really quickly, which is about 10 times faster than most spirit boxes go. Yeah. So hearing that full sentence was a little spooky, but you know, we figured it was probably one of the ghosts we already knew. So we turned it to the more normal setting of about, 250 milliseconds per channel skipping through. So still pretty fast, fast, too fast to actually get a sentence out. And so I just set it down next to my computer and I start hitting it and I'm talking with my friend and he's like, you know, spirit boxes don't do a whole lot, right? Like it's not super weird. And then we just hear through the spirit box, something going, Oh, it gets a hell of a lot weirder than this. And then the spirit box just shut off. <laughs> so that that was a moment of fetch me my brown pants, <laughs> Squire. Because previous to that, we had only known the oh shit guy was in the house. Mm-hmm. That was the only ghost here. So when the spirit box crackled through like that, it was horrifying. Hmm. And the only other abject like terror I have felt from a ghost is just at a spot down the street. Actually, I swear 10 minutes away. (laughs) Actually. Yeah. (laughs) I just pulled it up on Google maps. It is actually 10 minutes away. The ghost of the Monterey Academy. So Monterey Academy is basically where you send your kids if you don't love them. (laughs) And I've never been there. My parents were both teachers, so they couldn't afford to send me there. But it's not a good school. It's just an expensive school. And so my girlfriend used to live in a much larger, beautiful mansion-looking house. And so we were driving down to see if we could find the house. And we found it. We drove down and we were looking for a turnout. We find a turnout and we stop there for a second just to like, you know, get our bearings, pull up Google Maps, try and get ourselves back home. And just this blanket of dread comes over us. I'm getting the chills just talking about it. This is horrible. Oh, we heard the most like not actually heard, but in our in our brains heard the most gut-wrenching scream for help I have ever heard in my life. Like that is on a scale of one to 10 in how well can I control myself and not just peel out of there and drive as fast as we can. Uh, I was hitting the gas pedal before I had the key in the ignition. Hmm. Like that was horrifically terrifying. And turns out later 
when my partner and I get back home that there was a janitor at the Monterey Academy that used to kidnap people from the Academy and kill them in that exact turnout. And like, we found the news article, we found everything about it to verify the story, which was really sad because, you know, this area of the world, California has an inordinate amount of serial killers. Now it could just be because of, you know, there's a higher population here, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of homeless population. So a lot of people that quote unquote won't be missed. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of serial killers, a lot of missing persons. Is, is it something water? Like, (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the diversity of the area, how much people we have and how many people we have moving through. But you know, there's something weird about California and especially my little town, Santa Cruz, not a lot of people, not super famous outside of surfing. And, you know, I'm determined to figure out what's going on here now. Hmm. Cause yeah, it, it's not even like a super old town too. It was made a town in the gold rush in 1950 or not 19, 1850. And so it's not, super old i mean there is a old spanish mission here but the spanish mission isn't haunted of all the places you'd expect to be haunted you'd think that the spanish mission would be haunted yeah the oldest place there huh yeah it it's not not even in the slightest which is strange so um what is odd to me about all of these stories is that it's not just you uh, that you're saying are experiencing this. It is your partner, uh, your friend that lives there, your parents, your family, you know, like it seems like everybody's experiencing the same stuff else. You know, one might tend to think that maybe you had some kind of gift or curse, um, for seeing the afterlife or, you know, being privy to stuff, but it just sounds like ghosts don't care. They're they're just going to show themselves to anybody out there is that is that kind of what i'm picking up here well okay so my girlfriend's family are all welsh pretty much and so with what they talk about when they talk about like their family history they talk about how welsh people are just more sensitive to supernatural stuff and when i've talked to other people that live in the uk they believe the same thing, that Welsh people are more attracted to the supernatural and the supernatural is attracted to them. I'm not Welsh. I'm, for lack of a better words, a mutt. Like the most I am of any single races, I'm an eighth Korean. And that's the most, the largest percentage is the Korean part. So I don't know what I am. Okay. Could be Welsh, <laughs> but... For the most part, I discount ghost experiences unless someone else sees it with me. Yeah. So I'm not like, oh, you know, that shadow thing I just drove by on my way home was a ghost. No, that that's just a trick of the light or something unless someone else saw it with me. But it sounds like you've had quite a few people that have seen stuff with you, right? Yeah, uh, a lot of people, mainly because... You know, my 
my girlfriend and I were pretty much inseparable whenever we go out and do something. So we're always, for the most part, looking at the same things, focusing on the same things. And, you know, she's grown up with having ghosts in the house all the time. And her dad actually doesn't believe in ghosts at all. So it's strange. Her mom does. Definitely. Like when I, when I told her about what happened, her mom went out immediately to buy Sage. When we talked about the, the, the hanging the half thing that scratched my partner. So when it comes to things like, Oh, my family's seen a lot. I think it's just because we were able to replicate it almost every time. Like with the, Oh shit guy, he'll walk into a room because there aren't that many rooms in this house (laughs) with the other ghost. He's trying to get a rise out of people. So he will walk up to people and try and scare them with the plague guy. He's trying to blend in. So we'll see him around because he's trying to blend in with people despite not being able to actually do so. And with the Brookdale lodge, it, you know what? Yeah. I think there is something in the water here at this point because there is something going on where so many people have seen so many get, it's probably all the, all the, (laughs) we don't have smog in Santa Cruz, but sometimes it gets super hazy, especially near the college campus. And I think that the reason why all of us are seeing so many ghosts is because Santa Cruz is practically the weed capital of the world. So I think everyone's just blazing it and seeing all of these ghosts and like it, it's to the point where you can get a second hand high from a mile away from 10 minutes <laughs> away, 10 minutes actually. <laughs> well, what's funny about that. And, and I don't, uh, I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, but I don't feel like, unless it's just really good shit, are people like <laughs> really hallucinating from contact highs? You know what I mean? Even when even yeah, when you're I, smoking just uh, regularly, I I feel like you don't really hallucinate whole figures a lot. Like oh yeah, it, I mean that that was more for comedy's sake. But <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> but now we're now we're getting into the fact that California weed is known to be the strongest weed out there. Mm, Okay. Like Robin Williams had an entire sketch on how you take one hit and all of a sudden you forget everything (laughs) and you're just sitting there. You're like, Oh shit. I had to do something. (laughs) Oh, what is it? Oh yes. Breathe. (laughs) I forgot to breathe. (laughs) You'll be on your couch for two and a half days. Your cat's being like, feed me, feed me. Well, what do you think about, um, what, what do you think about something like infrasound? Like, uh, has been popping up lately. Yeah. I like the infrasound theory a lot, especially because the Mythbusters did an episode on it. Oh yeah. And the Mythbusters, in case you didn't know, are centered in San Jose, which is, not 10 minutes away, but an hour away. Uh, so they actually went into the Santa Cruz mountains and used the infrasound speakers and they pulled people from the area to go and be, te- be the test subjects, 
be the test subjects and whatever. The issue with the infrasound is that it only affects like one in 10 of the population. The other issue with infrasound is that um, my girlfriend, because she's, she's a huge fan of dubstep and electronic music. So she goes to a ton of raves right next to the speaker. She can't hear for the most part. You have to kind of yell at her to get her to hear you. And so if infrasound is affecting all of this, it's affecting my mom who's deaf in one ear and half deaf deaf in the other. It's affecting my girlfriend who is on her way to being deaf. It's affecting uh, my girlfriend's aunt who is completely deaf and mute and has to speak through sign language. And it's affecting different people from different families. Like my friend who's currently living with us, no relation to any of us at all, except from like maybe very distant, like clan relatives from Scotland or something like that. So there's not a whole lot of relation between the people that are in and just having, let's see, four, eight, nine, having 13 people who all are affected by infrasound in the same room together Mm. is highly unlikely. I understand uh, where you're coming from with that. To me, I was thinking it would be weird to have that affect people if they were spread out, uh, because if they were all together, then whatever the source is, if it's hitting one of them, then you would think it would hit whoever's in that proximity. And I, I'm just, I, I know next to nothing about this. So this is just me kind of like talking out loud. Uh, I'm just trying to think like if it's, let's say if, uh, if it's surf, right? The surfing waves, uh, the waves that are coming in continually, they say that that might be part of the source of a lot of infrasound on coastlines. The constant sound of, of the waves crashing into shore and things like that can start to create these uh, um, infrasound spots. This is this is just coming from an article or two I've read in the past. But um, to my understanding, I, I think it doesn't really matter if if a person can't hear or not because it's it's either too the sub frequencies are too low to hear the the hyper frequency you know they're too high to hear and so a person wouldn't necessarily hear them anyway but what it does is if if you get it at the right frequency it's supposed to like rattle your your eyes <laughs> like it it shakes kind of the membrane uh and the um i guess that's the the aqueous humor that's that's in the eye but it, it, it kind of like vibrates that at a certain point and that they say that can cause hallucinations or visions or images. And I just wonder if, if, you know, all of this stuff is connected somehow or another with you being so close to the coast. And if people are seeing uh, shadowy things, the, the other thing about infrasound though, is that they say that usually you can get something like um, anxiety or uh, heightened stress, you know, things that come along with um, this sound that's hitting you and you don't even know it. It just, <laughs> you just get these feelings and then rarely sometimes, you know, you can, I guess, hallucinate or, or see images. But 
and again, like we're not we're not out to debunk anything uh, on this. Rather, just you know, have a conversation on speculations. <laughs> yeah, and plausibility. Like my number one thing when I look at a possible ghost encounter for myself or for one of my friends, it's well, how can we explain it? Mm-hmm. Like, did your parents? accidentally leave the door open and a dog got in the house which happened to me and my brother by the way we thought our parents got us a big old saint bernard dog <laughs> because the neighbors had gotten out and got into our house oh my gosh um speaking of cujo <laughs> yeah speaking of cujo <laughs> and then i love the infrasound explanation for one reason only the black lady of aptos beach which is Aptos is the town like just adjacent to Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. That beach I can walk down to and come back before you finish an intro sketch (laughs) on your show. Like that is how quickly I can get down there and back. It's ridiculous. There is a lady who is paler than, I don't know. A bucket. I, I, yeah, paler than like one of those buckets you get at a hardware store and wearing like a black lace gown with a little black lace, little black gloves, little umbrella, little little hat thing. And she'll just stand there on the beach and the waves will hit her, but she doesn't get wet, but they'll spray up around her, which is that's the point of which what the heck is going on here? Because, you know, infrasound can make you see things. And I, I actually do know for a fact, I am susceptible to infrasound because I've, you know, played it through some pretty decent speakers and got super ridiculously anxious. If you think for the listeners, if you think you might be susceptible to infrasound, don't do it on purpose. It is like having a panic attack. Like it is the worst thing ever. Don't do it on purpose. Some people have told me that um, there are certain podcasts out there that try to do infrasound on purpose and not tell anybody because they want to yeah. like, the creepy factor and stuff. And I haven't tried that yeah, on think, Blurry Photos. but I think uh, Lore did it in one of their episodes. Ah. It would be a fun experiment, but at the same time, you can't really do that to people who don't want that to happen to them. You got to have yeah, some kind of warning that, too. Yeah, it's it's a lot like um, watching an episode of Law and Order SVU without the viewer discretion is advised <laughs> before it. Yeah. It's yeah, and with infrasound. I have had panic attacks before I have had anxiety attacks and all of that stuff. For some reason, infrasound hits a very specific nerve. That's it's kind of a mix of having a panic attack so bad. You just want to curl up in a ball and cry yourself to sleep with the combination of self-deprecating, crushing dread. that something inevitably horrible is going to happen to you. I, I call that the horror game experience, but (laughs) as far as like, as the waves causing it, I haven't actually heard that, but the black lace woman of the beach, she is strange for two things. 
First, no matter what she does, she doesn't get wet. And second of all, she is weirdly physical. Like she leaves footprints in the, in the sand. You can follow her that way. You can talk to her. You can shake her hand. But she will just walk into the water and disappear. Or she will walk into the cliffside and disappear. And I remember the first time that I saw her, my mom was like, oh, she's just one of those goth chicks. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) She looks straight out of an Evanescence concert. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know who it reminds me of uh, is, and especially with the proximity there, is um, the old lady uh, Winchester. Oh, ho, ho. the Winchester Mystery House, yeah. which is about only 10, ten minutes. minutes away. No, it's not. <laughs> it is, however, 10 minutes away from my old high school. So that's funny. We used to pass it every day coming home from school. Uh, I've never actually been there. Mm. I was going to go there this summer, mm-hmm. but womp, womp. <laughs> womp. yeah, it just reminds me of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm picturing the Helen Mirren um, movie, but like, it seems like uh, appropriate attire for that time period, at least it, yeah, it, it does like, especially with a lot of my family members are teachers or work in some sort of scientific capacity, except for my uncle who he is a geologist and a massive history buff. And so he's the one I go to when I research stuff like the Brookdale lodge, we can't find anything about this chick except for photos going back from modern day all the way to the gold rush, which is really when people started first heading in this area. Yeah. And so the fact that she will stand still for a photo, but I don't know if you've seen those photos where it'll be like a family photo, except like the, the grandfather will be dead and seated in a chair. Oh yeah. Where everything's just a little fuzzy because people move, even if they're trying not to but the grandfather is perfectly crystal clear in that photo. (laughs) Yeah. She's like that. The people around her will be just a little bit fuzzy, but she is perfectly stock still. That's just, Oh, and have you shaken her hand? I have given her a hug because I thought she was lost (laughs) because this is back when I was younger, probably around like 11 or 12. And so, I thought she was lost and cause she looks sad. She looks very sad. So I kind of walked up to her and gave her a hug. I was like, don't be sad. I'll help you get home. And she just looked at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then just walked into the water. How old were you then? Like 11, probably 11 or 12, somewhere around there. Do you remember any smells? Uh, she was cold. She didn't look like she was, cold but she felt like seaweed pulled out of the water like that rubbery slimy which viewer discretion is advised skip uh, hit that little 30 second fast forward on right now she feels like a dead body which i didn't know that at the time but i know that now Hmm. 
all right, we're, we're good. You can, you can come back now. <laughs> and that's the secret, uh, meaning of life. So anyways, <laughs> bet you're glad you skipped ahead now. That's uh that's pretty wild, man. That's uh, those are some wild experiences. And seeing as you, you are the first Sukolo sound level, uh, patron for blurry photos, which is uh, very exciting. Uh, I get to send you a a hunting kit. Now, I, I listed it as a cryptid hunting kit, but it sounds like you you need more like ghostly stuff um, well, to check out and set up around your house. I haven't even gotten to the cryptid that pulled a light out and possibly totaled a car. <laughs> so that is a whole nother thing. <laughs> so, so, so are you... Are you cryptid and ghost uh, uh, looking looking for hunting both of those? If it's unexplained, I will find it and I will hunt it. <laughs> nice. Well, um, we'll be getting you some uh, some of that gear uh, pretty soon. I've got to assemble some stuff, but but that's a that's some pretty amazing stories, and I'm assuming it's uh, it's ongoing for you, right? Yeah, it's ongoing for me. Um, while we were recording this, actually, like just about, I think about 10 minutes ago, something put its hand on my shoulder <laughs> and just like slapped its hand on my shoulder. Like, I'm proud of you. And I was like, that's, that was the part where I just went dead silent for a little bit because I was trying not to scream. Well, in the future, if anything like that happens, say it in real time. <laughs> I won't. We'll uh, look for some EVPs or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't see anything come up on this little dingy thing, but, you know, there were a couple of footsteps, but I also have, I always have, like, my phone recording when I'm talking about ghost stuff mm-hmm. because of potential EVPs. Mm. So I have, like, a really weird little recording. It can't even pick up my voice. It's set to so completely not sensitive. That it won't yeah. pick up anything but an EVP. I haven't gotten any. You'll have to keep us uh, apprised of the situation and see if, if you ever get any photographs or if you ever get any fun uh, audio eventually or anything like that. You'll let us know. And maybe we can revisit this uh, someday. Cause it's a lot of, lot of cool stuff. And it sounds like Santa Cruz is a hotspot to, to visit and, and check out someday for sure. Yeah, it is it is definitely a strange place and not like obviously there's ghosts and stuff all around here. But where else would you see a Christian bookstore next to an occult shopping center? So you can get your sage and you can get um your psalms right next door to each other and then you're covered in both contingencies. Yeah. If your if your ghost is an atheist, you've got the sage for it. One-stop shop. One, one, one shop, stop shop. I can't say that. <laughs> well, David, it's been fun talking to you about this and thanks for sharing these stories. Do you have a, uh, uh, social media or anything you'd like to plug, like people to, to follow you on or find you? Uh, yeah, I've got my Twitter, uh, West King of Crayola or at hot and spicy. Y. So W E I two. I don't do a whole lot on Twitter. But once I get my own podcast started, wink, wink, um, <laughs> I will be posting a lot more about there. And also when I get any evidence of ghosts or something, I'll put it on there too. 
Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, thanks for doing the first uh, standalone bull phone and bringing all these uh, great stories, David. I, I appreciate it. Hey, yeah, no problem. I am happy to be here, David. Thanks again to David for being our first ever Suclo Sound patron. You can check out the awards over at patreon.com slash blurry photos and support the show to help keep the hosting paid for and the lights on. And you can keep the coffee flowing by checking out coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash blurry photos. And a huge thank you to Jeffrey, Marcos, and David B. for buying me coffees. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. If any of you guys like video games, I am now streaming paranormal, occult, Lovecraftian, and horror-themed games on twitch.tv slash blurryphotos. I'm on there Thursday and Saturday nights right now. It's always a good time. And if you have Amazon Prime, you have a free Twitch subscription you can use to subscribe to my channel, which also helps a ton and costs you absolutely nothing. And don't forget to follow on all my social media, which you can find links to at the bottom of blurryphotos.org, along with archives of all the shows ever done on Blurry Photos. This includes stuff that may not be on Spotify or Pandora, so check that out when you get a chance. And I think I've kept you long enough, so for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been the ghostly apparition standing behind you, David Flora. Don't stop blurry even. <laughs> <laughs>